Welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, where you will hear conversations with artists and creative entrepreneurs from around the globe. From art and creativity to education and business, this podcast features discussions with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, and I can't wait to get started. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the New Visionary Podcast. I am your host, Victoria J. Fry, and I am so excited to introduce today's guest. We have Brandy Hofer with us today, and Brandy is an amazing artist. She's also a muralist, an author, a podcaster, and an educator, and she's going to be chatting with us today about the incredible work that she does and also her new book, which I cannot wait to hear about. So welcome, Brandy. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here and finally meeting you for the very first time, which is so great because we come from a great community of wonderful women. And to actually sit down and chat with them is just like the most beautiful thing ever. It truly is. Like I cannot stress enough how important it is to find an artist community. And I'm so glad that we connected through such a powerful artist community because we are usually alone as artists. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's really amazing. And I think really important to connect with other artists, especially other women artists. So thank you again for joining me today. I can't wait to learn more about you. And I want to just start by asking you to tell us a little bit about how your creative journey began. Were you always an artist and what led you to focus on painting and tell us all the things? It was like right from the get-go, like I was terribly messy and like, I'm so happy to have a studio because I can. Like literally behind me is a stretch canvas on the floor. So we like make this large lake puddle and then I let it dry and then the canvas, it's raw canvas and it peels off the floor afterward. And then it makes these like really extremely expressive and like kind of accidental backgrounds. So I've been painting on the ground for years, (laughs) but um, I did a lot of uh, sports and stuff in school, but it's because my community is really sports minded. uh, And so I feel like you know, in order to fit in, I like found myself there, but I really love the physicality, um, especially in terms of the way I feel mentally. So I like the balance of that physicality, but also being a creative. And I've done some motivational speaking where I was like, I didn't know if I was going to be an artist. And then we knew that one of my old teachers was there. They were like, we knew like there was nothing else you were going to do. So it was very apparent to others, but of course, it's always a journey to discover where your place is and how you're going to communicate yourself to the world. And that takes um, growth and reflection and a willingness to learn always and be open to the universe or whatever, you know, you believe in that is giving you that message. So it has taken a lot for me to accept parts of my life. And then some things surprise me on a daily basis of where it's all going. So that's amazing. Well, I just want to say you have such great energy and I see it in your artwork all the time. But now getting to meet you, I can feel your vibrant energy just from you talking about your work and your creative process. And I I have to say, I think that's what so many people are probably drawn to about your work is that it's so colorful, it's so raw, it's expressive, vibrant. And 
I'm curious to learn a little bit more about how you arrived at your current style and process. Uh, I mean, there's so many things I want to ask you. I don't want to hit you with too many questions at once because I'm also really curious about how you paint with your kids. I think that is such a beautiful thing. And I'm curious about how that came to be. So tell us a little bit about your style of working, your approach to art making, and also working with your kids. So I'm always really influenced by my environment. And I would call myself mostly an expressionist in that sense is that I'm so emotionally attached, not just to my artwork, but kind of everything in the in my world. Like, it's just, I'll say what's on my mind. I'll say how I'm feeling. I'll, you know, like it just, and so if, if I'm constantly showing up in my studio, it's going to like erupt in here, but in a different way of communicating. And then when I had my first son, it was such a shift from, you know, being an independent in my studio space and having um, that sort of time. But how could I translate that and also include motherhood? Because motherhood was the biggest part of my life and still is, right? Um, People who have children know, like, it's like your world was in black and white. And when you have children, it's like everything has erupted in color uh, and everything holds more meaning and everything is scarier and everything is just that much more intense because they're just a part of you. And so I didn't want to lock myself away. And um, especially um, with the birth of my first child, three months prior, I lost my own mother. So it was this grand shift in my life and my practice kind of like was a derailment almost. But now, especially when writing my own book, I've had a lot of time to reflect on how that impacted our lives. So, but I will talk about the exact shift. I remember I was having a conversation with my father-in-law who we ended up actually also losing after the birth of my second son. So we've had such intense emotions in such a short period of time in our lives. Um, It feels like life has just fast forwarded so much, but I was having a conversation with my father-in-law because he was like to pop by (laughs) to see his first grandchild. (laughs) He's like, oh, I just uh, decided I needed to, uh," I'm like, just come in, (laughs) just come in. At that time, it was when Me Too really came out uh, and in full, full force, right? And um, I believe Ashley Judd gave this like really beautiful and very powerful speech. And I was so inspired and I wanted to make this really big, you know, feminist series and because like, I just felt that energy, but here I was, you know, kind of lonely and, and being a mother. And I'm like, I, this doesn't feel like the exact right thing to do. And I did end up doing it a couple of years later, but I'm like, how can I include my time with my children and show them this beautiful, beautiful process? Uh, How can I, you know, deny them that? That was my second son, birth of my second son, where we had this conversation because my first son was two. So new babies nap all the time, right? Three times a day he was napping. So you're at home, he's napping in his crib. And then I have a two-year-old. So when, when the F am I going to paint? Like why? And I like to show up every day. Um, I got in the habit before children 
to show up every day because it is just amazing. Your body expects it, your mind expects it, and it's so healing and beautiful. So I let Gus in with me. So yeah, we lay it on the ground and they just do whatever. It was a lot of, it was really freeing. Like I let let go a lot. I allow them to help create throughout the whole process. And I was actually talking about this with Erica B. Hess from my Like Your Work podcast. She's like, you know, you wanted to make this big feminist series and we really, you know, have a message. But she's like, what a beautiful statement you made by saying, I'm not hiding motherhood. I'm not you know, shying away from the fact that I have children and that is like such a barrier in the art world and still is today. You know, I talked to some fellow um, females in the art world and they're like, I'm not sure if I want to have children because X, X, X or Y. She's like, how powerful is that that you have forged through and not hiding yourself? And, and it honestly has led me in crazy directions that I did not expect, but I'm definitely... I encompass it. I welcome it. And, and if it is, yeah, I've had some pretty intense conversations with some other females in the, in the art world. And she's like, it's going to be an uphill battle for you. Like, what is it? You're including your children. Like, what is that? Like, well, (laughs) let me just tell you. And then that sparked some other conversations. (laughs) But honestly, I I just love listening because I, I've known your journey a little bit from social media and obviously Instagram, but to hear you talking about it is incredible because there's also so much that I didn't know. And I just want to say, you know, first of all, thank you for sharing that, but also what you are doing and your approach to the creative process is so powerful because not only are you showing other women, other moms, what's possible for them, because you're absolutely right. It has been this thing in the art world for so long that it's like, you know, you choose to become a successful artist or you choose to have kids, but there was, there's been this longstanding myth that you can't do both, which is absolutely a myth that needs to be dispelled because it's just not true. So not only are you showing other moms, you know, what is possible, which is so inspiring, Um, And you are actively helping to dispel this myth, but you are also showing your kids what's possible. Because I think when your children from such a young age see you as a mom still painting and still so committed to your own creative journey, it shows them that, you know, it's something that they are going to carry with them for so long. I think that for so many kids, um, and I don't have any kids of my own, but I've worked with kids for so many years, you know, they reach an age, usually around middle school, where they feel like painting and drawing is just for little kids or that they've outgrown it, but you're showing them that it is still absolutely possible to do this as an adult. And I just think it's beautiful on so many levels. So then this is a very long story, but I'll try to like (laughs) take it down. Um, So I had done tons and tons of custom artwork and I got really burnt out long story short, 130 originals in one year. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But one of those custom pieces was for our Lloydminster Public School District. Um, So they wanted this like gift for their retirees and they wanted to make prints every year. So um, I created a large custom work for them and then we make prints and it's great. But the woman who came to pick them up that day, we have some teachers, we live by a school and we have some a teacher on the street and some other parents that love to chat outside our houses, which is a beautiful community thing. 
But he was saying, oh, there's a new basketball academy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, another, like, we have hockey academy. We have, like, all these sports academies. I was like, you know, you guys really need an art academy. (laughs) And this is why. Creativity is more applicable now, like, under the umbrella of, like, what it is. And especially we know this because we're so immersed in the art world. When you think of photography, videography, art licensing, um, so many ways in which a career can go and so many ways it is applicable not only to like um, a creative specifically uh, creative career or and or how you can use those skills in in so many uh, jobs it's it's more important now than it ever has been and so I gave this big speech and then I gave this big speech to the woman picking up the art (laughs) Because it's like the kids need this here. We need this because I didn't have it and I worked 20 years to figure it out. <laughs> like they need to, you know, not give it up. And at that exact age, right? Then I got a email a week later from the head <laughs> of uh, the public school district saying, I'd like to t- sit down and talk to you about your art academy. <laughs> and I was like, ah. Yeah, so, and then fast forward two years later, we are starting this fall uh, to work with grades six to eight. So we're starting a whole academy within our public school district. Uh, So they're busing all the kids from all the schools who have applied to be a part of the program. If you would have told me I would have done that like three or four years ago, I would not have believed you. And then not only that, but like really been passionate about it and, um, you know, showing kids what like public art is and 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 involving them in those processes and uh, involving them in um, some of the projects that I've been a part of, like uh, apparel design and community outreach. So we did a kindness wins on like pink shirt day for anti-bullying and like what it can be, like what it looks like, but from all different and then like indigenous learning from uh, like learning about where we come from and my arms are moving because I'm so passionate. I'm knocking things over, but um, it's just, you know, including that in part of it and being a part of that in my community and, and doing things for, you know, giving kids the opportunities and ideas that I didn't have. And then not only that, but like mental health, I think is a really big thing that we need to check with our youth right now. And creativity is one of the most, and I know this personally, one of the most useful and beautiful tools for healing. And I talked about that with Mona uh, Smith from Art Moms United so much, like uh, just how she did it to heal. And obviously I've uh, healed through grief and, you know, I was so lucky and fortunate to have that. So to set these kids up with these tools, it's just, I think it's going to be one of the most beautiful journeys of my whole entire life. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that you took a moment to talk about it because I saw on your Instagram that you were launching something. I saw a few posts, you know, this fall we're going to be, you know, X, Y, Z. And one of the questions I have for you, which I'll get to in a moment, is how do you balance it all? Which I feel like you are probably asked that question all the time. But just going back to what you were describing, that is amazing. I mean, as an art educator, and I worked with kids at a, you know, elementary, middle school, high school level for so many years prior to launching BAC. I mean, I literally had chills when you were telling me a moment ago, because arts education is so core to the development and the learning of children. Mm. 
And it is devastating that it is often the first thing that gets cut when, you know, there are budget limits and things like that. And to see that you are making this difference, I mean, what you are doing is going to impact so many kids. And it's a really, really powerful and incredible and necessary thing. And uh, I'm so excited for you to start that work. I also find that, and you, I mean, I'm sure you experience this with your kids, but working with kids in a creative way brings like a new perspective and a fresh energy, I think, to the creative process as artists. I always feel so inspired when I'm working with kids in that capacity. And I mean, you get to experience it every day because you collaborate with your own kids. They now find me kind of like, like no big deal. <laughs> like, so I, they find like my own kids are like, you know, when your parents are like your parents. So you're just like, it's nothing cool anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. So I have to like come up with <laughs> new ways to engage them. But what I like about that is that, yeah, I am learning because uh, like I'll take that material and, and I'll get to use it again online and I'll get to use it in art academy in the schools. It's like what excites children. So I kind of get to like test it on my own, which this summer we decided to do yes. a sketchbook project, which I'm going to integrate into the yes. my one son who is like a total art artist, like living, breathing. I don't, he just, he's done his, it's like cut up and half destroyed and all the pages are full, but like kids always come up with the best stuff. Like it's, you're right. It's inspiring. Like it just sparks this creative, like energy thing. And it kind of like vibes all over and it's hard to describe until you're a part of it, but you could literally introduce them to any sort of activity and like they're in and they're in with this like uninhibited like beautiful I see beautiful so much they're just like they're just they have no they're like oh yeah I can do that so I think and I've worked with some amazing people to set up this program it's not just me but it's people who genuinely care about student well-being and knowing from being an educator like you for so long and seeing young people, it's hard to say because I can't tell full stories, but I, I know she said to me, I can't help but think that these children wouldn't be in some of these situations and wouldn't have these downfalls and mental health issues and, you know, the way their lives played out if we had had this programming earlier, if we saw how useful and how healing and how important it is uh, to keep in in our curriculum and and that it should be valued and it doesn't just look like one thing so that is probably the most important and powerful part of the whole thing but um, you're right it it needs to but it takes it takes individuals and it takes um, funding and and work and but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be, right? Yeah, it's it's so necessary. And, you know, for some kids, just kind of adding on to what you're saying, the art room is, you know, or any kind of art program is sometimes the one space where they feel safe and connected and creative and like they can truly fully express themselves in a limitless capacity. Mm. Um, and it's so important to nurture that and to provide opportunities for that. So I think that's incredible and we need more of this. And actually it was the sketchbook project that I saw. I saw a post about it on your 
um, Instagram page. And I, I thought that was really cool. So many people have gotten involved. I was like, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool to do this with the boys this summer and make memories? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And- well, and how cool for your kids that they get to try out some of these projects. Yeah, it's really, it's neat because I think it was just one of those things where people are like, I can press flowers and draw them or I can make a collage or I can cut a picture out and draw all over it or whatever, right? Like it was, it was a happy accident, like so many things in my life are, but um, <laughs> uh, I'm really glad that people can share their creativity with that. And I think it's just, it's just like those little things that you don't expect. You're like, cool. Well, I'm so glad you're, you're loving it. And it's kind of, it's a, it's a great gift um, to see people you know, and, and what's cool about the sketchbook project, it wasn't just like kids and parents, it was some artists hopped on. So it's really for any age or artistry level. And I think, uh, that is so, so like creativity never stops. Like I will never retire. Right. It's like a part of you. Yeah. It's just, it's in, it's in your roots. It's in how you grow. It's how you, you know, regenerate like a tree and and it's just it's always there and and it always looks different and you know we have to really think we're we're really lucky in that regard um but uh, everyone can be and they are in their own own way like scrapbooking cooking music like you are creative. Yeah. I know that is such a stigma. That is such a thing. They're like, I can't draw a stigma. Like so many people say that. But you're like, but you can do something. Well, I know I mean, you can. Yes, yes. And, you know, I just kind of adding on to what you're saying as well. Like I, I had a moment, one of the first years that I started teaching where I was working with young kids, probably around seven or eight years old. And there was a moment where every child in my classroom was just drawing. And I looked around and it was like so quiet. You could hear a pin drop. Everyone was just, you know, the kids weren't worrying about what their drawings looked like. They didn't care. They were just so engrossed in drawing. And I had this moment of just awe because it was such a beautiful thing. But then it was quickly followed by this moment of thinking, oh my goodness, in like five to 10 years, how many of these kids will still be drawing, you know? And how many of these kids are going to question their creativity or think, you know, drawing is not for me. I can't draw, you know, these limiting beliefs start to arise. I think, you know, like around middle school age and as kids get older. Um, and I think just going back to what we were saying before, the fact that you are so committed to your creative practice as an adult is so so inspiring for all the kids you're going to work with in this program. And for your own kids to see that is just so powerful because they know by seeing you show up every single day and so dedicated to your practice that it is possible for them. And that it's not something that, you know, for them to just do as kids, but it can actually be a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to ask you, I mean, like I said, I think you're probably asked this, I would imagine that you're asked this question fairly often, but how do you balance it all? Because you do a lot and you have kids and you, you know, are launching this program. You just recently published a book, which we're going to chat about in a moment. I haven't published it yet. <laughs> I decided to give it space. I'm recording audio. Okay. So it's not quite, I'm not quite hitting, which is really rare for me to not hit a deadline and be like obsessive about <laughs> getting it on time. But I just, it's such, 
a big part of my story and my life, I didn't want to rush it. So I am like right now, I will shift after our interview, I will be recording in my studio because I did record it. And I decided that I needed to do it at home. I did it in studio and I was like, I just didn't feel, which sucks because that's a lot of hours, <laughs> like big time. Yeah, yes. I was just like, I need, this is my creative zone. It just like kind of clicks when I'm here and um, I want it to be really raw because that is just who I am. I don't want it to be your typical audio book I want it you know I I laugh and I cry and sometimes there's footsteps above my head and so I hope that's allowed I don't know the rules of audiobooks (laughs) but that's what it's going to be but I will answer your question so I would say self-care for sure is one of my secret tricks because when you take care of yourself, you can best take care of others. And then just having not like a routine in the sense of like, we have to do this then, but because I'm very fluid and I am good at adjusting to an environment, um, that is also a superpower, but like really sticking to kind of the same things every day, especially with young people, like then you know what, they know what to expect. My brain knows what to expect at a certain time of day. So do theirs. Um, We eat at the same times. They sleep at the same times. Um, We move at the same times. And I did, I made a course about it actually, the Getting Creative with Kids course, where I actually talk all about how to get creative with your kids, but also to find that balance and find what works for you as a family. And it, and so it's like, there's a workbook in it and, and it, it really is like routine, but like it can, it can vary. Like your activities vary, um, and, and where you're doing things vary, but you know, like sometimes people will be like, well, we'll stay out an extra hour. Like I totally avoid, that situation always because it's just never worth it. Um, someone then they won't go to bed and then they get up all night and that's the reality of young children. But and then self care every night I do the exact same things. <laughs> I do like a bath and I watch I watch a treat show which um, right now Shit's Creek again for like the fourth time. Like something that really turns my brain off because I've seen it so much. So I won't feel obligated to watch another episode. <laughs> That's really important. <laughs> um, so I, I like totally turn my brain off, totally relax, say what I'm grateful for, read, sleep every night, like every night, no matter where I am. And then I get up and I move in the morning, which um, so whether that be with my kids or like running, biking to the park or whatever, or getting up while they do whatever and do that before them. Um, and of course I have support, which you sometimes need to ask for support. You need to, um, figure out how that support looks for you, whether, um, I'm a stay at home parent. So I have been, you know, juggling it's a, it's juggling, right. Um, but yeah, right now is quiet time. So then I schedule a podcast and my one sleeping and the other two are actually, I don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Having structure and routine is so, so important. I truly feel like when we have, it's a balance, like of not being so rigid, because like you said, it's important to be adaptable. 
Um, and I think that as artists, we are just naturally creative problem solvers and very adaptable by nature. But having structure really enables us to do the things that we want to do. And having a set routine um, is so, so important, I think. But I love you sharing about self-care. It is also so necessary. And it can look different for everyone. I used to think that in order to really practice self-care fully, I would have to carve out so much time every day. And actually, even just the tiniest things, like you're saying, just watching a show, uh, a treat show before bed or taking a bath if you can. Um, sometimes even like just if you can close your eyes for five minutes, oh, totally. <laughs> you know, and just put the laptop down. Like it can, it can be, self-care can look like so many things. And I think when we realize that it's not about having endless hours to practice self-care, but it's like what you're saying, which is doing what we can with the time we have and really sticking to it, that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of those, you know, hour long morning walks or how, however long you go for and those evening baths, like those add up. And by the end of the week, it's like, oh, wow, I spent, you know, seven hours this week or more just practicing self-care, doing something that made me feel really good. I also agree, starting the day with movement is so important. I just feel like it's this release of energy that is so necessary to like at the start of the day, even if it's just a 30 minute walk. And it walk. can also be a meditation. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. And I think it's amazing that you try, you, you know, to stick to that routine. I think it's probably really great for your kids too. Just like you said, knowing what to expect and kind of when we set parameters for ourselves, I really do feel like it helps us to be more productive and accomplish more mm. and meet our goals. And I can imagine that for you with the schedule you have, that's probably so important. Yeah. And then showing up every day to do your same yeah. things in your routine, because I don't get hours to paint like that doesn't. That doesn't yeah. happen for me. <laughs> so finding those tiny windows uh, and sneaking uh, in when you can, sometimes you only have 15 minutes to, you know, but of course I'm totally obsessed. <laughs> so I do, I really like, someone's like, I'm not sure. And it is a question I get a lot, how you do it all. I'm like, well, I actually am so so obsessed and love so deeply and passionately what I do. And it's not easy, but it's just, it, it just happens. And it's not like I get those magic moments all the time, but you know, you keep showing up and those magic moments do happen. And if, if you love what you do, why, why would you ever want to stop doing it? And that goes back to what we were saying about setting kids up with those and our youth up with those skills to they can love what they do and it will look different for everyone. But why can't we have more people in the world who feel as obsessed as I do with with my work? It doesn't feel like work. It feels just like a part of myself. It's an entity. It is. It's my whole being. And it doesn't feel like I have to show up. I, I want to. So I think that that is just, yeah, it's, it could change the world really. And I think that's such a good point too, about like working in increments. Cause I think the reality is for so many of us, that is what it looks like. And that's okay. It's not about having, and, and this actually took me a long time to arrive at this epiphany and to really feel it and move into it, which is that it's not about having 
endless hours in the studio. I, I know I do have some friends that are full-time artists and they do have endless hours in the studio. And that is a beautiful thing, it's but so it is absolutely possible. It's like the best. <laughs> I know it feels I, so I, good, I right? I sometimes like do a leap dance. I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> I know it's such a treat and such a joy and on the rare occasion when you do have that. But like, it is also totally possible to make progress and to make your art in um, 15 minute windows. There was another artist who I was uh, interviewing recently. And that's what he was saying. He was like, I am lucky enough to where I can work in the same room that I'm painting in. And it's oftentimes 15 minutes, you know, here and there, but they stack up. And before you know it, at the end of the month, I've created like several paintings and it's just, it is possible. But like you're saying, if you have the passion, you have the desire and you have the drive, you can absolutely make it happen and you will find a way. And you are such a beautiful example of that because you have a lot of things that you juggle and you still make it happen. So I want to move into the book because I'm very excited to hear about it. And reading the description, you know, it sounds like it's a really awesome representation of your life and that there's a lot of uh, nuggets of wisdom in there for other artists as well. And so tell us about the book. What led you to want to write the book? How was the writing process? And Tell us everything. Mm. Well, it kind of arrived as creatively as, you know, painting did. I was laying in a massage. So, you know, those times that we talked about where your brain is quiet, like you really have to leave room for those because the most, my biggest ideas, my biggest uh, leaps, my biggest everything, they all come in those meditation times of the quieted mind, whether that's on a run or if I like... After 3.30, I just get really kind of low and I always kind of just lay down with one of my babies or snuggle and I always just close my eyes, <laughs> nap, meditation, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but those times of silence um, allow for those uh, really big ideas or solutions to whatever's going on. And so I was in a massage and I thought of the title Um actually thought of the, not the tight main title, but the, the, I don't know. I'm so not, so not in the book world, really the subtitle or the underneath thing. So it's see your everyday ordinary is extraordinary. Um, I love that you called it the underneath thing. I just yeah, want to point the underneath that out, part, <laughs> but I know exactly what you're referring to. Um, so that part and I like sat up and scared her and she, I was like, I just have to make a quick voice note. It was so embarrassing, but I was just like, I have to, I don't want this idea to fly off somewhere else. So I made a voice note right then and there. And then I came home and I was like, I thought of the title for my book. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 you, what? Like, what? My mother-in-law was here. My husband were in the kitchen. And they're like, we, they were just like so shocked and confused. I was like, have I not told them I wanted to write a book? Was this all in my head? It must have been. And then it just kind of, they were like, it took a second to come around because they were like, you have a lot going on currently right now. So they were concerned for me. 
Uh, genuinely. And so uh, they're like, I don't know how to react. But, you know, that was two years ago. And it really poured out of me. Like, I really needed it in so many ways. And it was coming off of that burnout of I needed some other creative outlet than just doing custom artwork to sustain my art practice. Um, it was sucking the life out of me and I couldn't do it anymore. I still do custom orders. I've just scaled it down. And so like right now I'm full and I won't say, or I'll say, yes, I will, but in it's going to take four to six months. And just because I'm really uh, prolific and efficient doesn't mean, but that came from years and years of doing it so much, um, doesn't mean I need to do that um, because I remember what burnout feels and looks like. So that happened and I just really shifted my practice from just making art and just being paid to make art. Like it just wasn't sustainable. And so what does sustainability look like? And how can I support and reach other artists um, in the same way, but not making art, right? Um, I just needed a change. So that was the biggest shift was um, that came out of that. So writing every day and that my actually my neighbor, this kind of like was like why I, I had heard he wrote a book and then he was featured in the paper that he was featured by Forbes. I was like, why am I jealous of my neighbor for writing a book? I'm an artist. Like, what is why am I so jealous of Jeff. <laughs> like, what's going on here? And so I kind of figured out that like, and I talk about this in the book, that jealousy isn't a bad word. And actually, Jeff has ended up coaching me a lot uh, through like the Amazon process and what that world looks like. Um, and what it will look like when I when I have everything set up. And it's not so easy. Um, but, you know, the steps moving forward and to, you know, all that stuff. I don't want to talk about it because it's super overwhelming <laughs> and totally like 10 podcasts worth of talking about that specific subject matter. Um, but he, you know, he gave me great advice throughout. He has been so supportive. So I, it goes back to like how useful mentorship and coaching is to find someone who's already carved that path. And I could have totally looked at him as like com competition, which would have been ridiculous because his book's on business management. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I could have been like, oh, Jeff, and just been jealous and mean about it. But instead, you know, he was so nice and, and supportive and we become really close friends over it. And, and how great a way to look at other creatives and other people who make things and just be like, you know, throw them a message. They might just be like, oh, yeah, I'd love to, you know, tell you how I did that. Or here's a person I know who can help you. Or like Kat from the Art Queens, I was like, you know, uh, an editor. And so she sent me up with an editor who was a new mom, which was really cool because she really loved, you know, reading all of that and, and about that journey through motherhood. And so... It's hard to describe exactly what it is. <laughs> I would say it's really great for inspiring people. And it's really great for um, letting people discover themselves, like who they are and where they want to be. And I think it'll just be a beautiful gift and it'll be an easy listen 
because it it will just you know my cousin's like I think you should have like some sort of warning because I just really cried really hard and I'm like I don't think you can give a warning for that she's like I was grossly sobbing and she's like on page 11 which wasn't I'm like, okay, so no, I don't know how to give people a warning for that. But it also leaves room for interpretation and inserting yourself. So how is this going to help you uh, through your life and setting up those beautiful routines and finding your creative self and reflecting on your life? So interactive in the sense of you can, you know, doggy ear it, color on it, draw in it. And also I got a 13 year old illustrator to do all the illustrations. So it's kind of, it's just like a cool mix of everything that I've been saying and doing for the past 15 plus years. That is so cool. And I can imagine probably really cathartic to write it because I feel like when we take time to write about our work or our creative process or any part of our life, we actually end up arriving at a lot of discoveries and kind of epiphanies and revelations that I never expect to when I engage in written self-reflection. But there's always things that I uncover that I'm like, oh, now I can start to put the dots together and better understand this situation or the meaning behind it in a way that maybe I didn't before. So I don't know if you had that experience as well. It was very kind of the gift of foresight and like, oh, that led, you're right, like that led to this and this is why this happened Um, or this is why I'm good at that or, you know, or this experience was really difficult and at the time I didn't think I would come out of it, but I did and this is how it has strengthened my life and those are parts of myself I get to share with others. And so that happened. And I didn't realize that I had kind of been building to that moment for so long, like in blogging and Instagram and, you know, like my art uh, consultant, she was like, you know, it's so great. Very inspiring. You have great narrative, but she's like, you got to start selling some stuff. (laughs) So I'm like, all that narrative has added up to finally a book. (laughs) And yes, I can sell the book. Well, I cannot wait to get a copy once it is officially out. Brandy, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today because I truly feel that I could continue chatting with you for hours. And there's so many like crossovers with us, with art and education. And I think we share a very similar approach to creativity as well. Yeah, I just want to thank you so much for coming on today and that you are such an inspiration truly to everyone listening right now. And you continue to show us what is possible It's a really beautiful thing. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. And Brandy, where can we, I will include everything in the show notes, but where can our listeners learn more about you, um, social media, website, that sort of thing? Mm -hmm. So my website is brandyhofer.ca. Instagram and TikTok are at brandyhoferstudios. And of course, you can just find everything from there. We have online classes, a gallery, our BHA gallery, and our podcast and the book and everything yeah is at brandyhofer.ca and and just like really fun like little clips into I'm a really good story sharer like in stories on Instagram of just like daily life and um and what we're up to which has been really fun this summer so uh which I could talk about a whole bunch but that's where you can find me 
Thank you so much, Brandy. And thank you everyone for tuning in today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.